This is going to be fun. Ever since I heard her show on KMHD Radio on Thursdays between 9 and 11 p.m., I knew we were kindred spirits. It has a lot in common with my show. Now she's here at World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason to talk about her show and the events and dances she throws all over town. Her real name is Shannon Weber. By the way, she came to Portland from Olympia with powers far beyond those of mortal women. That's a Superman reference, children. You're going to like this. Let's find out how she got the name DJ Action Slacks. Welcome to the Cupping Room, DJ Action Slacks. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> well, in the intro, we revealed your real name. Oh, yes. It's, it's out there. But that's okay with you. Everybody knows who I am now. All right. <laughs> it's okay, because there's another person in Portland now with the same name as me. So if I do anything weird or embarrassing, I'm going to blame it on that other person. That's good. Yeah, I'm really but there's happy only about one. That. There's only one DJ action. There's slice. only one of those. Did you That's take true. you? How, did it take you a while? But that is the greatest DJ name on oh, earth. Why? On earth. It gets very strong reactions. Yes. One way or the other. Everybody laughs. Everybody. I have not said that name to anybody who did not laugh. It's a great joke. Congratulations on writing a great... You never have to write another joke again the rest of your life. It works on many levels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my mother-in-law asked me the other... A, a couple weeks ago. Now, how did you come up with that name? And I told her the whole story, and she said, now, but I left out the, like, some of the parts, because she's my mother-in-law, and she said, no, does anybody ever think that it's sexual? <laughs> I said, well... Yes. Okay. <laughs> part of the appeal of the name. Okay. You get, I wasn't so say you, that got, to her. you have to. You have to. You have to. You have to tell it. The which part? What? You don't leave any parts out. Of the story of the name. The story of the right name. Right now. Right now. Well, okay. Well, the reason. I chose <laughs> Please that don't name. leave any parts out because now you've teased it. Well, and now we all want to hear the, right. the well, parts the, that you can't the, leave it. It's, there's, I, it's really Just not, don't tell your mother-in-law that you're not, doing this. It's not that interesting, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I used to go as DJ Shannon forever uh-huh. yeah. in Olympia, and um, there weren't a lot of people DJing the kind of music I do, at least in this region, that mm-hmm. I DJ at the time, so there wasn't really any kind of problem with any there being another DJ Shannon until one day I opened up The Stranger uh-huh. and I saw an ad for DJ Shannon up in Seattle and oh. I had to, do, had to do like a double take and it turned out she was a topless DJ <laughs> in Seattle and I thought well hmm, I don't think I want to get confused with that DJ Shannon, <laughs> at least at this point in my life. And so I had to come up with a new DJ name. So um, I, uh, this was, I don't know, 2007, I decided to finally take myself seriously as a DJ. Before then, I was like, oh, this is just some hobby I do that my parents don't approve of. But <laughs> At that time, I just soul was becoming popular, so I needed to brand myself. So I, I was 
buying a lot of clothes uh-huh. from the period of yes. the music that I play. And as you may know, action slacks were very popular during that time. Yes. And uh, I was trying to find all different colors of polyester <laughs> pants <laughs> and wearing them. <laughs> and so I decided, well, okay, <laughs> I love these ads for action slacks yeah. that are out there. Um, action is a word that is commonly used in mod, the mod scene, uh-huh. and I kind of play some mod music. Action <laughs> is associated with dancing. Yes. There's the pants, but also the slacks part, uh-huh. which I came to find out later on was a an antiquated slang term for lesbian so it worked perfectly really? i've never for heard me. that she's a slack she's a slack so wow there's all these <laughs> levels and then of course the the sexual aspect of action which i didn't mind yeah. having in there too because you know that sex sex sells so that's the story it's not a great story but um every time i say my dj names People laugh, yes. and they are taken aback, and they remember it. So I guess it was oh. a good choice. <laughs> they remember the pants, or they, or they remember the... the they remember the both. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> they remember all of it. I was talking to a, a great bass player, John Mazzocco, last night. I was out at Clyde's watching the Curtis, Curtis Salgado, and I was, I was telling him he should, he should check out your show. Oh. And, of course, he laughed when I said the name. <laughs> And, and, and I said, you, you remember Action Slacks, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, Sansa Belt. Sansa Belt. I had some Sansa Belts. <laughs> By the way, I don't wear Action Slacks officially anymore because I cannot wear polyester anymore. Aww. I wore so much polyester <laughs> that I just, like, now I put it on and I'm like, ooh. I just can't stand feeling it no. on my you know, one one great regret I have is that I and I, it's too late because I'm too fat now. But I always wanted a lime green leisure suit. Oh, I'm sure there's one out there I for you. I've never been able to find one. I'm. I'll look. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's too late. On my journeys. Right. On my if thrifting I lo- if I lost journeys. lost another twenty pounds, perhaps. Mm, but I, I think but, I've found some. Uh, <laughs> But I just lost 15 and nobody notices. You know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> people would sh- never mind. I don't want to go down that road. Anyway. Oh, man. So, so um, uh, how, long have you, how long have you had the KMHD show? I think it's been since May now. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, a few months. It's gone by fast. Uh-huh. Really fast. Did you do any radio here before that? I, and not in well, okay, yes. I mean, in Portland. <laughs> in Portland, briefly, yeah. I uh, a couple of years ago, I had a show called Club Nitty Gritty. It's <laughs> the same show as my dance party that I still do, same uh-huh. name, on uh, Freeform Portland, which is a really great small little uh-huh. um, pull yourself up by your bootstrap station. Right. Yeah. And um, I was on there when they first started. And then I stopped doing that. But before that, for um, nine years, I did a show in Olympia mm-hmm. on KAOS, Olympia Community Radio. Chaos? Yes. <laughs> and it was a hybrid station, a hybrid college community, community radio station. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So um, that's where I got my radio chops. 
But uh, now you are on the mighty, and, mighty and now, yeah. voice of KMHD. Yeah, it's... We don't have anybody who talks like that except me. <laughs> You're right, we don't, actually. Well... I try to sometimes. <laughs> well, this is why I appreciate you, because you have um, the style of radio announcing that I really appreciate. Oh, and Thank kind you. of mold, tried to mold myself after. Oh, so. no. <laughs> A little bit, Yes. Try to develop my own style, but well, yeah, yeah but you have to. Yeah. I am very much inspired by the mid-century DJs, and but I'm inspired by Hot Rod Hulbert. Hot Rod Hulbert, who's that? He was he wasn't known as Hot Rod, Hot Rod Hulbert. He just he was just known as Hot Rod. The real Zod. Oh, and he was a soul. He was a soul DJ in Baltimore. Oh, nice. and he had come from the great Memphis Soul Station. Oh, WDIA? Yeah. Ah, nice. Yes. And he was the best. I bet. He was just... A, I have a sound check that I play sometimes but, you know, when I open the show of him. Oh, wow. I had the $200 tongue twister. Whew. And, of course, he changed, it, he changed it every time so nobody could ever win. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> wow. Not the, flower, not, not, the flower, not the flower, but the root. Sometimes called the herb. Sometimes called the burner. Vosa! <laughs> I loved Hara. I did a TV story on him when I was still in Baltimore, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were lucky. <laughs> I really was lucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think anyone who got to listen to radio back in those days were very lucky people. Yeah. You know what? I, you want to talk about that. luck. Okay. I grew up at the, the dawn of rock and roll. I was a little kid. And I had my favorite radio station, WITH, mm. with radio, with radio, with radio. <laughs> And on that station was Buddy Dean, the guy who had the dance, the, the dance show that the, the, yeah. the, the, the hairspray was was patterned Famous after. guy, yeah. And, and and Hot Rod was on that station. Oh. And, and it was and it was my favorite radio station. Years, like, decades go by, and I end up doing a a, a a national talk show on a network on a on a, on a, on a radio network out of Baltimore, right? The American Radio Network. So wow. it went out of business. Oh, no. A whole network went out of business. Oh, no. And, but the guy who ran it um, and hired me went to work as the general manager at WITH, oh. which was still there. Wow. Turned it into an oldie station and gave me a shift. So I got to play all oh. the tunes that I, that, 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 that I wanted to, to play when I, was a, when I was a little kid and wanted to be a DJ. That's isn't that, the isn't dream. That, that, that is the dream. That's wow. great, yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. That's um, wonderful. What did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I mean, many things. <laughs> I wanted to be a cartoonist. Did you? And then I wanted to be an astronaut. I went to space camp and everything. You did? Yeah, the year after the Challenger exploded. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh about that. It was no, actually no, very no, no, sad. No, it's a great, it's a great joke. It was very sad. Um, <laughs> yes, it was very then, sad, and it's a great joke. <laughs> uh, and then I wanted to be a filmmaker uh -huh. and I went to um, an arts high school for that and actually I loved music before that but mm -hmm. I started falling more and more in love with music through film really I did and then I went to the Evergreen State College to take some of their media arts um, classes and while I was waiting they only had actually one class so while I was waiting to get into that why class, am I not surprised that you went to Evergreen <laughs> well of course I did um, I got recruited yeah. by the station 
K-A-O-S, uh-huh. to be music director there. Really? And then I just, I got sucked into radio. Wow. And music became, and records became a drug. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. But particularly, I fell in love with the community aspect of radio, of community radio, yes. and, and radio in general. Yeah. And, um, and that's how I ended up going down this path of not making any money but living right. for the thing I love. Right. And you're like the rest of us. You've never met a mic you didn't like. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. It's yes. true. Am I showing that of right now? Of course it's true. That's, well, it would have to be true. We, we wouldn't do this stuff if we didn't. It's true. Yeah. I, I warn people to never hand me a microphone. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I love um, that I'm still able to... Um, to, to uh, MC at the Blues Festival. Yeah. It's fabulous. My I God, there's 10,000 people that. out there. I can see why you would love that. <laughs> totally. Yeah, with the microphone, it's like, um, hand me a microphone or put one in front of my face, and it's like a switch just flips on inside of me. <laughs> right. It's not there. Otherwise, <laughs> hand me a microphone. Here I am. Yes. Suddenly I'm awake. <laughs> and you're forced to listen to me. Here I am. Hello, world. So what, what kind of films, did, what kind of music from films did, did you get into? Well, um, I, f- I ended up falling in love with soul music, particularly uh-huh. in R&B, uh, because during the time I was growing up, um, your generation (laughs) was the one in power um the marketing people were marketing towards your generation so there was a lot of nostalgia for that time period Uh in television and in film Uh so i grew up watching shows like um well, actually, the first one that I remember, Moonlighting, had tons of Motown and soul music uh-huh. in it. And uh-huh. that's probably the first place where I was really introduced. I was very young. I yeah. was, I think, in sixth grade or so. <laughs> and then um, movies like Stand By Me and um, TV shows like The Wonder Years and... Um, Dirty Dancing, of course. Anyone from my generation. So I'd already loved that music by the time that movie came out. And I remember specifically when I saw, I was at a movie, I saw the preview for Dirty Dancing. And I remember seeing the preview for Hairspray the year later and thinking, these movies were made for me. The original Hairspray. The original. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Somebody's making these movies with my (laughs) music and it's just for me. And then I dragged my little friends to (laughs) see these movies. And then I think that's kind of where it began for me to try to... to try to champion that music to mm-hmm. my generation. Uh-huh. So it well, just it worked. It started there. It worked. <laughs> I well, I don't know if it worked, but people are into it now, so yeah. that's cool. I know, I know. Yeah. I kind of viewed it as um as we got into the nineties, people weren't as much listening to that music, but I still well, then it came back. loved it. Yeah. So that's when I started doing that radio show and uh-huh. and doing the phoners with um, with the artists from that period. Really, like who? Uh, the first interview I ever did was Ruth Brown. Oh my God! <laughs> Can you imagine? Wow! <laughs> Insane. 
and I was 21 huh? and didn't know really to be afraid. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've, sh- I've always found that in supervising young young people, it's good that they don't know that they don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, I did really all is. of those interviews back when I didn't know enough yeah. to be afraid. And now I'm embarrassed of them because I asked so many dumb questions. But No, you know what? I'll tell you the truth. Um, I once sent a very young reporter out to interview Paul Stuckey of Peter, Paul, and Mary. Uh-huh. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell her w- what I wanted to hear from him. Oh. And she asked... All the most basic questions you could ever imagine about Peter, Paul, and Mary. And it was perfect because an experienced reporter would never ask those questions. That's true. You know? There is that. I mean, you do have to consider that most of the people, well, who I was targeting, I was targeting my generation. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't know anything, who only knew Ruth Brown from Hairspray. Oh, geez. I'm sure she appreciated that, though. I think she, well, she had her book out, you know. Yeah. Have you ever read that book? I've never read the book. It's like my favorite really? music book it's <laughs> packed with amazing stories wow. um but and she was on i think she was just starting or maybe her stuff on rounder bullseye whatever it was she was uh-huh. on at the time was sort of just starting to become more popular but um people didn't really know her then so it felt good to I mean, obviously, felt good anyway. She's a legend. You right. can't get more legendary than Ruth Brown, I don't think. Right. In R and B. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm I'm rambling. Let's no, 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 no. This is, it's a podcast. <laughs> That's what they're for. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a thrill. She was a great interview. There's, there's, there's no benefit in being succinct in here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm used to self editing now uh, on the radio. Yeah, I never edit these things. Oh man! The only time I ever edited it was I had somebody in here who wanted to kill Trump. Oh! And she said, "Can you take that out?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's probably smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in these days, but yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, so you did a lot of phoners. Yeah. Did a lot of phoners. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A lot of phoners in those days. Yeah. And then I would create these whole shows around, um, turn them into an entire show about the person, which uh-huh. I guess we're not allowed to do these days. No. Um, which is sad. I know. <laughs> actually. But just, yeah, I use it. Sh- just between you and me, I, I, I break that rule. <laughs> I try not to, to do more than two tunes an hour. I'll pretend I, 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 I didn't I've, hear I've that. No. I thought that was a sad day when that those rules came down but um yeah what are you gonna do i like i like yeah i like to tell the stories and um especially back in those days before the internet had really exploded and you couldn't Uh just look people up and find out everything you wanted to know or even find like videos or anything or even the music itself was hard to get in those days so i wanted to get that out there a lot of junk store shopping Oh, yeah. But you can't find much in Olympia. (laughs) I guess. Really? (laughs) No. Oh, sorry. No, it was very hard to find stuff um, pre-internet days. But I worked in a record store. Well, that helps. So so once I started reissuing a lot of stuff, and particularly um, in Europe... I could special order all this stuff on like CD. Ace, at Ace for instance? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I think those were all like, 
ripoffs. I don't think, mm. you know, I think they were, the, the, those were unauthorized. A lot of those Ace collections were unauthorized. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't know. They seemed pretty legit, but there are definitely a lot of a lo- yes. CDs that came out yeah, that yeah. I'm sure no one saw a royalty. I remember I got, I got a collection. I thought I was just, I was so thrilled. It had a, a tune by Ted Turner called I'm just a crumb in your bread box of love. I have that. Have that? <laughs> that's a great song. It is a great song. I think that's really Why my favorite. Why am I not surprised that you have that? <laughs> I, that's my favorite from that period of his, for sure. <laughs> and I feel a chill. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. got the psychedelic effect on it. It's really good. Yeah. Our shows are similar, but they're different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we sort of, we like a lot of the similar and the same with, with with Cookie Parker. Oh yeah, and Cookie. The three of us have have similar t- uh, shows, but they're, they they are uh, entirely they, they, different presentations. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is great. Yeah, it's good to get the different perspectives for sure. Do you do yours live? Mostly, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I've done a couple pre-recorded. I don't like doing that. No, um, especially these days because. The news is constantly yes. changing, yeah. and yeah. you could very easily play something that could be s- seen as insensitive. <laughs> um, I, I, people, well, I don't know. I like to keep it current. I like to, yeah. to yeah. and I know you do this too, kind I of. Do. Um, Comment. You can't see my air quotes. No, you can't say. No, you can't, you can't say anything. But no, no, the, 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 it's it's a great rule. You you know don't, you're not supposed to say anything, but you can play anything. Yeah, it makes you know? it a lot cha- a lot more challenging. Yeah. than I've had in the past. Have you played "Impeach the President" by the Honey Drippers? Yes. I think we all have. I think we all have. I um I I've had that for many years on yeah. a Beats mm-hmm. collection, and then I did a lot of work to track it down on 45 and then I thought I would be playing it at all my parties but I played it once and no one seemed to be able to no one was picking up on the message really so I haven't played it since but I'm sure I'll play it again it's yeah. like one of the best um it's songs good. we could play it's at this it's time good. used to play that back in the <laughs> um the early 2000s oh a lot uh-huh. um uh-huh. back in those days i my focus on doing my radio show kind of shifted uh-huh. after 9 11 i actually had to be on the air on 9 11 wow i was the first person back on the air Man. at the station that after they plays played the news all day and you can imagine like <laughs> Mm-hmm. What do you play on a day like that day? Yeah, yeah. That was the hardest, possibly one of the hardest days I've had. But sadly, since then, there have been what so did you play? many. You remember? I played... Um, did you play I know, gospel? I know I played a lot of staple yeah. singers. Or yes. I played a few staple singers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of songs... I don't really remember specifically. I try to play a lot of songs about unity, uh-huh. um, love, and peace. Yeah. <clears throat> And um, and that's really, you know, not finger pointing stuff at all. That's all I really remember. Yeah. It's weird. You'd think I'd remember. Well, after um, Trump was elected, you know, uh, I, I I just I, I I went to to Matt the the GM, and I said, look, I think the best thing, the best we can do, the best thing that we can do, 
since I know we can't talk about politics, but the best thing we can do is to comfort and inspire. Yes. Hence a lot of Curtis Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been playing more Curtis yeah. these days, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or impressions stuff. And, uh, hey, on this, there's lots of new stuff that's out. There's a, there's a, there's an o, a, a very political new OJ's record. There is. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I did know that. Yeah. I think, didn't they become inspired because hadn't um, Trump, used one of their songs. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. I think he did, and they, yeah. they fought back, and yeah. I think that's And what... Anthony Hamilton has a great, a, a great oh, political song. He was so good. Yeah. I heard a Mavis Staples song that was really good. Oh, the, um, that whole album. The, the whole latest album is great. Oh, I should check out the whole album. Yeah. I heard one song that was addressing kind of Black Lives Matter Yeah, oh, that, that's stuff. a great song. That's, oh, I played that song a lot. Really yeah. good. Hey, what do you do about... Repeating yourself, meaning playing because uh, a, a few weeks ago I, I did a whole show on songs that I play too much on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try not to play the same recording um, more than once a year. Really? But wow, I accidentally did <laughs> here. Um, I've found like different ways to keep track of that over the years, but. Um, Back in the day, I would have stickers on my music huh. and, uh, you know, write it down when I played it. Now I'm using the computer to keep track of what I play. Huh. Huh. Um, I, I, it's more just like I have so much music and I've been moving it around oh. <laughs> from place to place <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand. for right. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to make sure to play as much of it as possible yeah. <laughs> to yeah. justify that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get hung up on a song. Mm-hmm. There was a, I, I went through a period where I played Elephant Stuffed on My Foot by Maceo Parker every week. Oh, wow. It's a great song. I get Elephant hung up on, my foot. on songs, like compositions. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's my fixation. So, like, I have, you know... Mm, <laughs> At least a dozen versions of Tennessee Waltz and um, Fever. I mean, everybody probably has lots of versions yeah. of Fever. So many versions of Fever. I have. have you, do you have Otis Blackwell's version? He wrote it. I thought that was. Um, no, he wrote it. He was a friend of mine. Calhoun? No, it was Otis Blackwell. Really? Yeah. Well, he that's got he got screwed out of it for decades. Really? But he finally collected. Well. Yeah, little Willie John got the money for a long, long time. He got the money for writing it. Oh yeah, for a long time. But uh, Otis wrote it. He did. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow, Otis that's kind of sad. Otis was a wonderful guy. Oh well, I you know it's funny you mentioned that I caught this. Um, there's a video on YouTube. Speaking of being yeah. able to look everybody up online now, yeah. of Otis Blackwell on some TV show. Uh, was it out of Baltimore? <laughs> I don't know. It was, but it was like from the eighties, maybe or the late seventies. I did a TV, a TV story it's, on Otis. It's possible, I, right. but well, it was a sh- like a talk show. Oh, it wasn't they brought a, him out it, it and they were a story. like, "Here's yeah. the guy yeah. who wrote all the Elvis songs," right. and nobody knew at yeah. that time apparently right. who that was. Yeah. And it's so weird to think about that now in retrospect because his name is so famous for yeah. and associated with Elvis, but 
it kind of goes back to like when I was growing up and that's the stuff I was seeing on TV mm-hmm. and what kind of drove me to want to to um, be a pioneer to champion this music, I guess, so that people knew more about it and yeah. who wrote it. Yeah. People. Um, he, his two biggest influences was there was, I can't remember his name right now. The first one was a, 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 a black R&B singer, a crooner from New Orleans. I can't remember his name right now. But the other one, and maybe even a bigger influence, was Tex Ritter. For influence for who? Otis Blackwell. Oh, really? I didn't know yes. that, but... When he was a kid, he would sweep out the neighborhood theater, and the, the theater owner would let him sit there all day and watch Tex Ritter movies. So, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, because that's, that's one of the things I've been trying to bring to light in my work, too, mm-hmm. is this link between R&B and soul and West country and Western yeah. music yeah. that people of my generation and younger don't really understand how connected these musics are and there's all these um, misconceptions out there that um, I think are racist quite frankly and I think that that have been used to keep people oh Bill Haley he invented rock and roll well (laughs) well not even that just like um, I don't think people realize that soul musicians of the back in the day actually yeah. grew up listening to country music oh, sure. and are influenced and and really love a lot of them really love that music. Right. People really want to put these things in boxes like I know. This music is for white people right. and this music is for black people. I know. And yet, you know, we have lots of different races of people, not just white right. and black. Right. But I feel like the music industry, I'm getting on a soapbox now, sorry, but okay. I feel like the music industry has has hurt us in many ways as society and has helped to keep us apart. Um, and that's just one right. example. Yeah, yeah. I had Tony Coleman in here. Tony Coleman was B.B. King's drummer for 30 years. Oh, yeah. And... He plays with Willie Nelson, and, you know, he plays with British blues bands and country bands and all kinds of, you know, it's like, it's nothing there. I mean, Carlton Jackson, you know, another KMHD DJ, a great drummer, who I'm going to have in here in a couple of weeks, uh, again. <laughs> um, he's, he, he's all over the He plays everything. Yeah, you know? musicians know. Yeah. <laughs> They're hip to that. Yeah. They know that um, right. there are no lines in music. Yeah. But I think music fans and just a general public and, and appreciators of music don't necessarily... Thank you, marketing department. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. It's horrible what <laughs> was done and how, how people were, how black musicians were... Um, shut out of a lot of the money-making aspects of the music industry for those reasons. Do you write any of the things that you say, that you say on the air or is it all off the top of your head? <laughs> what? what? Was that funny? I'm glad. It I'm, is funny. I'm glad it's for me. Um, oh, I always like a laugh. <laughs> so, I, do I want to talk? Do I want to say this? Um, it's about half and half. Uh-huh. So I come up with like a generally what I'm going to say per uh-huh. break, and I do write some lines, um, but I also say a lot of the stuff off the cuff as well, especially because I want to be like yeah. involved in the music that's yeah. playing. So yeah. as I do the show, I'll come up with other things I want to say but 
This is specifically for the station because mm-hmm. um, they want it to be very short breaks. And so I want to make sure that I don't miss out on the message I want to give about yes. the music and the artists and also the message. Yeah. yeah. The message. Yeah. It's a little bit different for me because, like, he kind of looks at me as the OG. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right? No, I and I can I can see that. And like, like I'm this character. I know, you know there are people who have been on the air for a while before Matt came yeah. along, yeah. who have their own styles. I think with the newer people coming in, oh, you they're trying to mold on, no, them no, a little you have more. Your own. I, well, I'm my own style, but I wasn't on style. that station, you right, know. Right, so right, I'm yeah. not. No, you brought a new you, you brought a new style to the station. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I brought in my own style. It's true, but yeah. but definitely prior to this, I was more loose. I would really. say. Well, you know, as time goes on. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, as time goes on, and you feel more secure, you know. Uh, you'll, I, I guarantee you, you'll end up doing that. Well, I hope, yeah, I hope I feel yeah. more secure um, being there after a while. I think my experiences in the music industry over the past few years, over the past many years, have yeah. led me to not feel secure in the music <laughs> industry. So um, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, in in broadcasting, you're hired. To, you're hired to be fired. So yeah, yeah. I've been fired so many times. I I really have. <laughs> I really have. I I got. I went in one time, and the guy said he was actually he was an okay guy, but they were wiping me. They were wiping all the programming out, which included the talk show I was doing. It was, it was on eight sixty a.m. Whatever that was back then. It wasn't KPOJ then. Um, and, and and I had I had a talk show and um, but it was being wiped out by free network programming. I mean, I was I was being I was employed there, right? Uh-huh. So the last oh. thing now he let the thing is though because he knew I was a pro, he let me stay on the air, which is very rare because generally what happens is you get called in after your shift and you're gone. Mm-hmm. That's not usually works because mm-hmm. believe me, I've, I've worked places where a guy gets a guy gets fired and then goes back on the air and cries. And, or gets angry at management on the air. So, so, so it's a general rule that you don't get another shot. But he he knew I was a pro, and I was so I, I did another couple of months. But just before I left his office, after being fired, he gave me a station jacket. <laughs> How nice! <laughs> Which I left. Wear this proudly. I left in the lunchroom. Good. <laughs> How nice! How nice! I did a I did a, a, a phoner on the air with Alan Toussaint. Oh, I did a phoner with Alan Toussaint. Isn't he wonderful? <laughs> he was so he was sweet. Wonderful, my so, God! You know what I found is it was difficult to get him to say much because he's really? so um, was yeah. so humble. Yeah. Um, well, all you gotta do is mention Professor Long here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I feel actually feel a little bad about that now in retrospect because his daughter asked me to send it to her and I but never I did. Was, so I, I, I was at the station and he was and it was live, and he was in his studio in New Orleans, and he was so gracious and he was so nice and so well spoken, and he knew exactly what to do. I started to go for a break. 
Uh, and so we'll be right, we'll be right back uh, to talk to talk, uh, uh, Professor Long here with Alan Tesson. And, and I, as soon as I started saying that, he started playing me out the commercial. Oh, nice. <laughs> he had the keyboard there in front of him. I like this shit in my pants. It was unfucking believable. That is so How sweet. How can that be? It was like the, the, That's the, so sweet. Like the best moment of my whole broadcasting career. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite yeah. is, uh, we've probably gone over our time by now. There's but, no overtime. Um, my favorite was of the phoners, um, probably Solomon Burke, who I got to interview oh, twice. Wow. And I had him do a station ID. Ah. And I remember, um, <clears throat> let's see. He said, uh, <laughs> my show was called Soul Kitchen, but mm-hmm. um, I think he called me the queen of soul, which of course I'm not um, <laughs> at Does all. Does it matter? Aretha Franklin. Hey, but, hey, um, hey, to have hey, him. If Solomon Burke calls you the queen of soul, <laughs> you are the queen of soul. To you have know, him, you can't turn that down. His voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say those words was uh, that was the highlight for sure. Yeah, yeah, of no, yeah. All of that. I, I had a thing like that happen. I interviewed Betty, did a phone with Betty Lavette. Oh, I have some. And <laughs> this is for KMHD when we, when we were doing live phoners. I'm way, sure way that back. was interesting. Yes, tell well, me. <laughs> she started out by calling me honey. Oh, nice. And I melted. I was a puddle. I was just a puddle. <laughs> I was just. Anything you say, honey. Anything you say, Betty. Yes. Uh, she, was, she was nice to you? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I had, I so before she made her comeback, I yeah. was, um, there used to be this actually talking about earlier internet times. Maybe you were involved with this, actually. There used to be a, um, uh, I don't know what you would call that, sort of like a chat page called Soul Patrol. Are really? you familiar with that? No. Uh-uh. And it was... Um, it was like filled with old school soul people, wow. like actual musicians, and then just uh-huh. the community who loves the music. And she was in there, so somehow I got her email address, and I would send her my playlists. Huh? This was before, you know, she was trying to get an album deal. Oh. You probably are familiar with her story, where she just sure. struggled for so long. Yeah. Um, so she had an album out in France, and she sent me... They also did a reissue of some of her unreleased tracks, which are now actually just recently were um, released on vinyl, I think, out of Muscle Shoals. Wow. But also, oh, the Muscle Shoals sessions got yeah, released? Yeah. Finally? Uh, I think, yeah, I think wow. most of them. I haven't wow. actually looked at it, but okay. um, on there was this early song that was uh, Mama, oh God, what was it called? Something about Mama, and I loved it. It was called Mama Please, I think. Uh-huh. She's like in her teens when she recorded the oh, song. Man. So I sent this playlist to her thinking she's going to be like just so happy to know that yes. someone's still playing her on the radio. And she wrote back and she was like, well, thanks for that. But why did you choose to play that song <laughs> out of all the songs? Why that song? And my heart just... <laughs> oh, my heart just broke so hard, <laughs> but I am very happy for her. Also, her book is really quite an eye opener. Oh yeah, if you read yes, it. yes, <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. I actually got a, um, I actually got a hug from her once. Oh, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy for her. It's oh yeah, it feels like a miracle. Yeah. Oh, honestly, I know, I know, I know. All those years. Um, 
in the 90s when I was on the air and the early 2000s and I was just like plugging so hard this music and hoping against hope that this was going to make a comeback somehow huh. somewhere and then there'd yeah, be these yeah. little little things that would happen here and there and uh-huh. I would be like this is going to be it yeah. now people are going to be into this again right. and then it finally came around um two th- or 2000 yeah. right when she got on Andy. And then she was yeah. the one who made the big comeback. Yep. So yep. amazing. You know, if I was Bob Dylan, I would burn every copy uh, of uh, Things Have Changed that he ever did. Oh. <laughs> because <laughs> her version of it is the best oh, that could ever be. She's, she's done some That's amazing stuff. That's another one I've too much, too much on, on, on the radio. <sighs> you know what? If I was playing... Um, Music outside. I've I limit myself to yeah. time period. Um, although I'm gonna break that rule this week with Good. one song. Uh oh, what is it? I'm, I looked so hard for a version of Silver Bells for, <laughs> for a vintage version that would go with what I wanted to play, and I couldn't find one, so I'm playing Sharon Jones. Um, but the one I think I would play like over and over again uh-huh. would be, you probably know Miss Lavelle White. Do you know her stuff? No. Oh, man. Huh. You got to look her up. Huh. She's from Texas yeah. and actually a similar style to Betty LeVette. Huh. But she had her mini comeback right before Betty LeVette, a few years before. Yeah. So she had two really good albums on Antones in the 90s, and one of them has this version of Merle Haggard's Today I Started Loving You Again. Oh, wow. And it is one of my all-time favorite yeah. recordings. And yeah. I can't say that about many stuff, uh-huh. out, many recordings outside of mid-century recordings, but <laughs> so good. Wow. Look it up. You know who else was like that that I, found, that I got to meet? Ooh. Claudia Lanier. I don't know. She was, you know, the documentary on backup singers? Yeah, yeah. She's one of them. She was the one that they wrote Brown Sugar about. Oh, Claudia. I, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. And she, uh, of course, she was with... Was she in an iCat? She was an iCat, too. Yes. Everyone used to be an iCat. And she was with the Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Oh, okay. And so that's, and that's how she met up with Bobby Torres. Oh, yeah. cool. And so he brought her in to... to um, Jimmy Max a couple of years ago. Oh, and it was so great to talk to her, and and then I then I then I looked her up online, and the the Playboy pictures are still still in there. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know what? I think I remember looking that <laughs> 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 or, or finding it accidentally. Well, and David Bowie wrote a song about her. She she was like this muse. Yeah, yeah. I'm embarrassed I didn't recognize her name. And it's she funny. was, and she, you know, she, and of course, and she, she was a terrific singer. Yeah. And she had that one album. She had one album. Well, it's I, got it's got a couple of Alan. It's got uh, 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 what is it? she's got a couple of uh, Alan Toussaint tunes. Oh shit, I can't remember. But anyway, because uh, yeah. I can't remember anything anymore. Oh, you can remember my a brain lot of things. has ceased to exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, as I was looking up some of your writings, I laughed out loud when I saw it. The title, um, John McCain is a walking senior moment. Oh, did I write that? <laughs> See, that's one, that's one great thing about being old. You go back and you look at stuff and you, for, and you forget the jokes that you wrote, you know? I mean, 
What, you know, I have, I have a book, uh, uh, and um, it was based on my brief career as a supermarket tabloid writer. Yeah, I want to read that. And, it's, it's, today. it's pretty funny. Well, you, well, good luck, because there's about six of them left on Earth. But um, uh, I, when I, I, it was like there was a, a five or six year period between the time I actually wrote the stories and the time I wrote the book, maybe even long, maybe 10 years. And I went back to get all the manuscripts, and it was great because there was like all these jokes there that I'd completely forgotten about. Oh, that's and I, cool. It's, that's, what, that's, that's the only good thing about being old. <laughs> well, Everything nice, else sucks. That's a nice but, thing about being a writer. Yes. Because yes. you get that down. There yeah, are so many yeah. stories that I thought I would remember. Uh-huh. Like um, when I was, work, um, I was co-manager of Rainy Day Records in Olympia during uh-huh. um, one of the more prolific music periods in the town people who are in the soul and jazz scene don't really know that olympia right. was actually very important musically okay in the punk scene um and so all the musicians would come in uh-huh. the famous famous ish musicians and and just weird stuff would happen all the time and i always would think i'm gonna write a book about this someday or gonna make a movie about it i'll always remember this <laughs> I don't remember anything, anything anymore. I interviewed John Doe a few months ago from X. Oh, oh, X. Yes, yes, yes. And he was horrible. He, was, he, he wasn't interested in doing it. Well, you know, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. I don't, it's not, it's, you know, it's not my career goal to talk to you, you understand? Which I didn't say. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the finished product, and I got it, but it sucked. We tried to get them to play. Um, I I was help helping plan um, Lady Fest in Olympia uh-huh. in 2005, and we tried to get them to play as one of the head as the headliner basically, mm-hmm. but we couldn't afford them. And I've always felt like really um, a <laughs> a little bit bitter towards them because of that. And it's weird because yeah. I've never been a fan. I, mean, I don't care. Yeah, I'm. Sh- I know they're great, and right. I've heard them. I don't but think they're great. but <laughs> I'm not like it's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we did get Barbara Lynn, and that was Ooh, awesome. <laughs> I saw her at one of the Ponderosa Stomps yeah. in New Orleans. I think who else is there? Uh, 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 Susie Q, uh, uh, the original Susie Q. Oh, there's what, the what Dale Hawkins. Dale Hawkins oh, okay. was there. Dale Hawkins was there. <laughs> it's still alive. I've been I, wanting I, to go to that for yeah. many years. I, I got to meet Earl Palmer. Mm, wow. Ah! Is, he, is he around? Oh, no, he's That's gone. what I thought. Okay, th- that was a while I ago then. I got to meet Earl Palmer. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that's a legend. I just, I just, I just, it's the big beat. He's right, standing right in front of me. <laughs> well, so we... Lady Fest is a punk festival, and uh-huh. I was working with all of these punk young ladies to plan this festival, and um, I wanted to diversify the festival. Uh-huh. So I suggested we bring up Barbara Lynn because it's a feminist wow, festival. Wow, that's great. And I loved her yeah. so much. She was a hero of mine. This is in uh-huh. 2005, so yeah. she hadn't quite made it and to come back outside of her region right. at the time and everybody was like why why you don't <laughs> why do you want this and i pushed it really hard we couldn't afford what they wanted and so i, I didn't know this Jeez. is hilarious i didn't know um or it's hilarious to me anything <laughs> about like booking or anything 
at the time were just a bunch of amateurs. So I was like, well, what if we bring just you and we'll provide a band for oh, you? Oh, no. And th- she was willing to do it. Yeah. She, her mother was sick and she really needed the money at the time so I got together some punk musicians from Olympia with who were like lean towards soul and um she was so wonderful. We picked her up at the airport. She's, I spent like three days with Barbara Lynn driving her around Olympia. Oh, my God. Um, what do you? She, <laughs> I have so many stories around that. But she like practiced with these punk musicians. Uh-huh. She was just so open and supportive, especially to Olivia uh-huh. Ness, who was the wo- only woman in the band. And she's a bass player. And yeah. She was like, loved Olivia. Yeah, yeah. And then she got up. She totally got it. She got up there. Not very many, unfortunately, people showed up because no one knows who she is up here. But she played an amazing show. She played I'm a Good Woman and dedicated it to me. She did like a 10-minute version of that. Wow. She did a 10-minute version of You'll Lose a Good Thing because when I was in the car with her from the airport, I was telling her like... This song means so much to me. It's like oh, this yeah. feminist song yeah, yeah, from yeah. a time when people really weren't doing that. Yeah. She didn't realize how important she was to people wow. and women and what an inspiration she was as yeah. a guitar yeah. player. I could go on and on, obviously, about yeah. this. No, I understand. But um, it's been like so gratifying in the way it is to see Betty Levette succeed to see people yeah. embrace her. Yeah. The people who did go to that show finally were like mm-hmm. now I get it. <laughs> How did you know? How did you know she would be the perfect yeah. person? Yeah. But so good. The, the last time I interviewed Alan Toussaint, which was not too long before he died, it was, it was for his, his appearance at the Blues Festival that a phoner and and I told him that for years I had been using Sweet Dreams as the closer mm. for my radio shows mm-hmm. no matter where I was I would always use you know, and he was so happy because he never he didn't think anybody anybody knew that song yeah yeah that's why yeah I mean those those are their moments where it feels like okay that's yeah. why I'm doing this yes. Yes. like yes. These folks, they felt like they were forgotten, particularly yeah. in yeah. 10, 20 years ago. And well, I'm doing this because I can't do anything else. No! Well, there's that, too. <laughs> so, you, uh, what, what, you've got gigs coming up. What, what, do you call, what do you call these personal appearances? They're just, <laughs> uh, I call them events. Events. They're parties. Okay, they're events. Oh, parties. Um, Dances? Dance parties. Dance parties. Um, I tried to, so I, when I decided to come, I, I've lived in Portland twice. When I decided mm-hmm. to return to Portland, yes. I came here with a mission <laughs> to <clears throat> be out in the community and do these events to bring the community together mm-hmm. and to bring attention to causes mm-hmm. in the community and needs in the community um, nonprofits. So <clears throat> the goals of my events are to build community and to, as you were saying, bring comfort and mm-hmm. support to our community during difficult times mm-hmm. and to raise money also for nonprofits and to just feel like you're in a safer um, 
environment. Yeah. So I started out doing queer parties, uh-huh. parties for the queer community. And um, I just started a party called Sugar Town, mm-hmm. which is candy themed. <laughs> <laughs> and I spend a lot of time making decorations <laughs> for that party. Well, that was evident, the one I went to. <laughs> that was great. Um, try to try to transport people um, outside of present times uh-huh. and into a place. Really, my goal was to create a space where... Um, Originally, I wanted it to have the feel of a children's birthday party really? from mid-century. Is that why you times? played Freddie Cannon? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, was that song, I wonder if that song was written by the guy from uh, uh, the Gong Show. What was his name? Oh, because I think he wrote a Freddie Cannon tune. The guy who claimed he was with the, the CIA. CIA. Yeah, I forget his name. What the heck? Oh, Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris. Yeah. 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 Um, but what I wanted to do was to pe- put people in a mind space uh-huh. where they're not worried, they're not self-conscious, and their hearts are more open. Uh-huh. So kind of visually bring them back to their childhood. And mm-hmm. it, it seems to have worked. So for that party, um, it's a party for the queer community, but everybody is welcome to come as long as they're supportive of the queer community. Well, yeah. So it's become a very... You wouldn't find so many Trump supporters. ...mixed group yes. of, of different kinds of people, yeah. all ages, um, and I think people really appreciate that. I'm very mm-hmm. happy about what, what has occurred with that party. Mm-hmm. And then I've had many other parties over the years, but the other one that I'm currently doing is Club Nitty Gritty, mm-hmm. which is dedicated to keeping the grit, <laughs> Portland's <laughs> grit, <laughs> alive. Uh-huh. So I try to play um, more more raw records, uh-huh. Um gritty records at uh-huh. that party uh-huh. from the 50s and 60s primarily. Because we all should get down with the real nitty-gritty. That's right. We yeah. all want to get down to the real <laughs> nitty-gritty. So that party's at the Kenton Club and um, it's not queer-specific, uh-huh. but there are a lot of queer people there. Uh-huh. And um, and it's, it's a fun time. It's less work than <laughs> Sugar Town, which makes it a, a lot of fun for me. Yeah, yeah. So this next one is on the 6th, no, 5th of January, uh-huh. the kicking off the new year, and um, I have a new nonprofit that we're supporting, and everyone can find out about that at my website, djactionslacks.com. Well, it'll be right there on the page. And you can click. With, you can click on it right there on the page. Yeah. Where this will be. Yeah, you can just go there, it'll say next event. Click. And then you click on that, and it yes. tells you about it. What won't they think of next? It's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> I still put up physical flyers, though. Do you? Yeah. Wow. I'm dedicated. I can. I can tell. I love. I love designing flyers, so I'm just going to keep doing that. <laughs> I don't care if no one sees them. <laughs> do you actually like like put them up on on poles and stuff? Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, I do. You have like the, the the stapler and everything. It's exhausting, and also people are afraid because they hear the loud sound. Oh, they right. think I'm shooting them, <laughs> but it's not as bad as back in the day uh-huh. when there were a lot of shots being fired in north oh. and northeast Portland. Yes. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, I almost got shot in Northeast Portland really? many times. Wow. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm from Baltimore. Get, you know, You're like, whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. No, anyway. Hey, this has been great. Thanks for I knew talking it would. to I me. I knew it would be. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk all day, but Good. I don't know if anyone would listen but yeah. us. So, Well, that's the thing about podcasts. People listen until they're done. That's true. You know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, okay, thanks for stopping by. We'll listen to your show on, uh, on, on Thursday nights. Oh, thank you. From 9 to 11. 9 to 11 p.m. On the Mighty Mighty KMHD. Mighty. <laughs> Vosa. Mightiest station I've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Today I started loving you again. And now I'm right back Where I really Always been Oh yes I am I got over you Just long enough to let my heart expand Then today I started loving you Oh, loving you All over again Yes, I did What a fool I was to think that I could get by mm-hmm. with only these familiar. Tears I've cried Oh I should have known That the worst Was yet to come Oh yeah Crying time, oh, the crying time for me, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, had just begun. The crying time had just begun, and it hurts so bad.